Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Slash Film Daily for Friday, May 21st, 2021. On today's episode of the show, we're going to be talking about the latest film and TV news. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm the senior writer at SlashFilm.com, and I am joined on today's episode by Slash Film Weekend Editor Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. Brad, it's just you and me today. There's only three pieces of news that we're going to discuss. Uh, you know, not super uh, exciting in terms of a movie news day out there, but the day is still young, I guess. There, there's a chance that, you know, something big could break later in the day. And if that's the case, we'll talk about it next week. But uh, let's get into today's episode. Um, the first item I wanted to mention involves Rangers of the New Republic, which is one of the Mandalorian spinoff shows that was announced last December. Uh, that is supposed to be coming to Disney Plus and buried in a uh, sort of an unrelated article uh, that Variety published yesterday was the news that this show is, quote, not currently in active development anymore. So that's kind of interesting. There's no more context about why that may be the case. I think we can sort of speculate, right, that like uh, the show when it was first announced this was not explicitly said by Kathleen Kennedy, the, the president of Lucasfilm, when the show first came out. But I think a lot of people drew the the parallel that, oh, the show is probably going to be about Gina Carano's Cara Dune character. Because in season two of The Mandalorian, she's like essentially recruited to become a ranger. And the show is called Rangers of the New Republic. So uh, obviously Gina Carano has... Uh, <laughs> has parted ways with Lucasfilm, to put it uh, nicely. You can go back and listen to our episodes talking about that if you want to get more context there. Um, so I guess the idea is with one of this, you know, the main characters, presumably, of this show off the table that Lucasfilm is no no longer interested in uh, in the series or, or at least in its current form. Brad, what do you make of this? I mean, it makes sense. And honestly, this seems like the show that was probably maybe like the least important out of the new ones that were announced and the one that's probably least integral to any of the future plans that uh, Lucasfilm may have had to create, you know, this series of shows that were going to have interconnected stories. And I feel like you could probably have a a new character other than, um, you know, Gina Carano's Cara Dune uh, come in and take that role 
uh, or find another character in the Star Wars universe to expand and include in that series instead. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I mean, there's plenty of other stuff they have in the works. It's probably going to be a while before we saw this one get off the ground anyway. So I feel like no big loss and, you know, we'll just see what happens. Yeah, just a quick rundown of some of the other Star Wars stuff that's in the works. Obviously, we have Obi-Wan that's coming soon. The Bad Batch is airing right now. Um, Rosario Dawson is is coming back to uh, reprise her role in an Ahsoka series. Um, Justin Simeon from Dear White People is working on the Lando Calrissian show. And Leslie Headland is working on a mystery thriller show called The Acolyte. That's very mysterious. But And there's also uh, the Book of Boba Fett spinoff. From oh, the that's right. I totally forgot well. about that one. That's that's this year, right? I think yeah, December? So yeah, at the end of the year. And then Mandalorian season three continues next year. Yeah, man, I forgot about Book of Boba Fett. So yeah, there, I mean, there, like you said, there's a, there's a ton of stuff there. And I agree that this Rangers of the New Republic seemed like the least um, essential of, of these stories. So um, I, I think there was some talk when Kathleen Kennedy sort of made that big announcement at that big Disney investors press day in December that like a lot of these shows that are taking place within the same uh, time period as The Mandalorian are going to culminate in some sort of event series like the... Um, the defenders, you know, the, the, uh, Marvel Netflix show that that whole plan, uh, they're going to do something similar here. So I guess maybe like one branch of that story has now been snipped, I guess. Um, and but, maybe, maybe, you know, they, they could easily just rework it and still have it be part of that overarching plan if they wanted to. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, so let's get into our next news item here, which in, involves a, um, a somewhat surprising new role for Dwayne Johnson. Brad, tell me about that. So Dwayne Johnson's already in production on a DC Comics movie called Black Adam. Uh, it's a character that's kind of like uh, almost the the anti-Superman, also a, a Shazam villain. And uh, so that'll be coming up sometime soon. But Dwayne Johnson's also taking another role in the DC Comics universe in animated form uh, because Warner Brothers is working on a movie called DC League of Super Pets. And Dwayne Johnson was just announced as the voice of Crypto the Superdog. Uh, and in the comics, uh, Crypto is Superman's dog who has the uh, superpowers of Superman and occasionally uh, fights against other supervillain pets that belong to, of course, the villains of the DC Comics universe. Um, and Crypto is also joined by some other super pets as well. There's uh, Streaky, the super cat. There's also um, other assorted pets that belong to Wonder Woman and Aquaman and Batman. And so we, uh, we've heard about this movie before when it was called DC Super Pets, but the, there was no cast announced or anything like that. It was just an idea. So it seems like they've changed the title a little bit. Uh, maybe since DC Super Pets, that like brand has a little bit more of a, um, I guess, like more childish, like cartoon based than like the, the actual like Super Pets comic books, which can mm-hmm. can be just as, you know, uh, quote unquote gritty as, as the actual DC comics. Oh, really? Interesting. OK. Yeah. Not not necessarily like like I mean, it's it's obviously not as serious because like they're pets, but like they're right. it, they're they're drawn in a, you know, a, a, a comic, bo- a normal comic book style, you know, I see. OK, so yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm curious about this because uh, that was my first thought. When I see the title DC League of Super Pets, I automatically think, okay, this is probably for kids. Um, well, so well, let me be clear. The movie is definitely for kids because there's, so there is, uh, like, there's, the comic books are drawn just like every other comic book. There are, there is, like, Crypto got his own animated series, and there are some comic books and different forms of media that have, like, a cartoonish approach. This, the, the, the movie itself, because there was a, a very brief bumper that was teased during DC Fandom last year 
that advertised DC Super Pets, and it just showed crypto flying across the screen real quick. And so it's a very traditional computer animated kind of style mm-hmm. um, that that you know will be familiar to anybody who's ever seen you know a kids movie in, in that style before. So this this isn't made explicitly for um, like in a, in a grown up way. It's 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 you know definitely geared towards kids. Okay. Did you ever see? Um, I think it's called Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Have I did. I did. Okay. I have not seen that yet, but I remember hearing good things about it, and that seems to me to be like a uh, a DC property that was kind of aimed at kids or aimed more towards kids than like you know uh, ostensibly some of the you know, Batman versus Superman and some of the other live action stuff that they've been making recently. What did you think about Teen Titans Go to the Movies? It was, it was fun. It's definitely uh, geared towards kids. It has a more childish sense of humor, but there's some fun little like Easter eggs and jokes in there for adults. Stan Lee even makes a cameo in it, which was really funny. Um, but it's it, it was it was pretty good for what it was. It's definitely uh, very zany, and there's a lot of you know kid energy in it. But it's it's enjoyable. It's it's something that's like not quite as good as like the Lego Batman movie, but not as silly as something like uh minions you know so it was um it's it's solid without having any inside information is that movie the closest corollary you think you could draw to something like what you imagine dc league of super pets might be i'm guessing that this will actually be something more akin to um the lego batman movie because it's uh, it's going to be directed by um jared stern and sam levine uh, and Stern wrote the Lego Batman movie as well as the Lego Ninjago movie. Uh, and then Levine has worked on movies like Bolt and Nomeo and Juliet. So I would I would anticipate that this will be something um, that is a, a little bit cheeky, but also has some cool superhero animated superhero action. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess the the premise is a little silly, but I kind of like it at the same time, like uh, the great mouse detective style where like there's a, um, a, a, uh, uh, a smaller uh, animal version of the, <laughs> the the same human kind of doing the same job that the the humans or superheroes would be doing so um uh, yeah hopefully it'll it'll turn out to be an entertaining thing um and i guess real quick before we move on any, any thoughts about dwayne johnson you know specifically this is like one of i guess he's been in moana right like that's his big uh big animated sort of breakout performance has he done a lot of other voice work stuff do you know um i don't think so i'm trying the to top of my head it doesn't seem like that's something that he's really uh dove into and it, yeah it's just kind of amusing because like you said in, in the beginning he's making this um this black adam movie where like that character is like the anti-superman and now he's playing like superman's dog <laughs> it's just a little bit of a, a strange thing yeah um, and if you look at the character design for crypto from that teaser that aired last year you'll see that his voice will pretty easily fit that uh that character design Okay. All right. So our last uh, news item today involves the Highlander reboot, which I did a a search back through the Slash Film archives. And the first time we wrote about this was in 2008. So this has been in the works for a long, long time. Um, And Henry Cavill from Man of Steel and The Witcher is in talks now for one of the lead roles of this Highlander reboot, which is going to be directed by Chad Stahelski, who is the stuntman turned director behind the uh, all three of the John Wick movies. I think he's working on the fourth one right now. Um, So, uh, Brad, what is your relationship like to Highlander before I even tell people what it is? Um, I watched it in college and that was about it. (laughs) okay (laughs) um i I wasn't you know super um impressed with it or anything like that it wasn't anything that 
uh, you know, I was like, oh man, I can't wait to see how they're going to reboot this. Um, but I will say the one thing that I do love about Highlander is the song Princes of the Universe by Queen because it fucking rocks. <laughs> it does. I had totally forgotten that Queen did the soundtrack for the original movie. And I think they used uh, at least one of those songs for like the theme song for some of the live action TV shows that sort of spun off on this. Like, do you know, writing about the story, I went and sort of did a little bit of research into the Highlander franchise, and it's much more um, expansive than I ever thought it was. I didn't realize that there were four theatrical movies. I think there were um, there was one made-for-TV movie. There's like an anime and comic books and all sorts of stuff. There were three different TV shows uh, that sort of spun out of this or, or were spawned by this uh, from this original movie that came out in 1986. Um, so yeah, the the fact that Queen was involved with the uh, the soundtrack there, I mean, I just like completely forgot about that and was kind of blown away. There's a, a trailer that I embedded in this article. So if you want to click uh, in the show notes, you can get to that really quickly and hear uh, a snippet of that Queen song. So that's, that's pretty awesome. Um, so just in case people have never seen the original, because it, it didn't really perform super well when it came out back in 1986, but it focuses on this warrior named Connor McLeod, who is resurrected and basically discovers that he is um, part of a, a very small group of humans who, uh, I guess, have this this power called the quickening, which is a, a force that connects a select group of people to nature and basically allows them to survive forever. They're, they're immortal unless they get beheaded. So that's like the, the only way that they can die. And these immortals are scattered across the world and they end up trying to fight each other to the death um, to try to steal the other one's quickening, the other one's powers and, uh, become, you know, like the master of the universe or whatever. Um, so that the idea of just like a bunch of people running around trying to behead each other sounds a little grim, but to me, I, I, I also saw this movie a long time ago, probably, um, earlier than college, maybe, maybe even early high school or something and have not revisited it since. But I remember the movie, like the tone being surprisingly goofy um, and, and sort of like a, a movie that was like, okay. Like um, it, it knew that its premise was ridiculous and it really leaned into that in a kind of entertaining way. So I know this movie has become like a cult classic and, and has certainly gotten a much bigger following uh, in, in the years after its release than it did, you know, when it, when it first dropped. So um Oh, Brad, what do you think about Henry Cavill stepping into a role of an immortal warrior? Do you think he has like the, uh, obviously he has the physique to play a character like that, but do you think he has the kind of, um, like goofiness, the, the, like, uh, earnest charm, I guess that, that should come along with a, a Highlander property? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, there's, when he does uh, Clark Kent, you can tell that there's a certain charm to him. He didn't really quite get as goofy as like Brandon Routes did. Um, but you can see that he's got a little bit of a, a comedic side that he can probably bring out in that way. Um, and if anything, him being involved and Chad Stahelski being involved is the only thing that might get me to check it out when, when this comes around. So, I mean, yeah, so I, I mean, that's good enough for me. Yeah, I guess the, the Stahelski of it all um, means that the action should be a lot more hard hitting and, and at least visually interesting than it was in the original, which if I remember correctly, seemed a little cheap, um, a little little goofy, a little fake looking. Um, so yeah, I'm guessing this is going to be like a much more hard hitting kind of Highlander version. So uh, like I said, this has been in the works for a long time. And there have been a ton of people that were, you know, associated with this. Justin Lin from the Fast and Furious movies was going to direct it at one point. Ryan Reynolds was going to star in it at one point. So just because they're announcing this doesn't mean that it's, uh, it's locked in, especially with 
Stahelski being so busy working on the John Wick stuff. Um, but it seems like it's it's inching closer to the uh, the starting block here. So we'll have to keep our eye on that. I think that's going to bring us to the end of today's episode of Slash Film Daily, Brad. It's you know it's Friday where we're just going to uh, sail off into the weekend um, after only talking about three stories for now. So we'll, yeah, we'll see. I mean, there's nothing exciting going on. So like, yeah. just, you know, have you, a, just en- enjoy, enjoy, yeah. have, have take a break, go outside. Exactly. Yes. So you can find more about all the stories that we mentioned on today's show at SlashFilm.com and linked inside the show notes of this episode. SlashFilm Daily is published every weekday, bringing you the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all of the popular podcast apps, and send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, and mailbag topics to us at Peter at SlashFilm.com. Um, yeah, I want to officially put the call out for uh, mailback topics because I think we've gone through almost all of them. Uh, I think we may have like one or two scattered ones that we haven't addressed yet. But if anybody has any uh, topics or ideas or um, yeah questions or anything like that, peter at slashfilm.com is where to send those. Uh, make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email in the air. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word. Thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you on Monday.